Good morning, New Hope. Welcome this morning. Thanks for coming out in the nice uh, snowy morning. Glad that you are here as we continue in our series called Dollars and Cents. I want to thank you as well for your generosity for the 780 boxes packed because that really represents our beyond here at New Hope Community Church. You've seen the shirts and our, our sort of our tagline around here is Isani County and Beyond. That's we want to reach Isani County and Beyond. And those boxes are the beyond. They're going all over the world to children, a lot in uh, third world war uh, torn countries. Uh, countries where maybe a natural disaster is taking place, and these kids get to open a box full of all kinds of goodies, and they get to hear about the love of Jesus Christ. And that represents our beyond. And so you can continue to bring in boxes all the way through till next Sunday. I'd love for us to go from 780 to over 1,000 boxes that we're sending out across the world. So thank you for that. Appreciate it so much. We started this series two weeks ago, and I told you that I was going to be using these pop cans as an illustration throughout the whole series. And I talked about how the Coke cans represent our total earnings when it comes to our money, right? And so the first week I talked about good sense, that we need to understand when it comes to our full earnings, how much of our earnings do we actually spend? So maybe we spend this much of our earnings right there. But then we have to ask ourselves, well, how much are we going to save, right? Or is there a portion that we are going to set aside to give away as well? And we talked about having good sense, and especially before we hit Black Friday and the holidays, right? How important it is to premeditate our finances, especially during this season. So we talked about the first week, good sense. But in spend more than we make, and so we accrue debt. And the Pepsi cans, because they're so different than Coke, right, represent our debt load, okay? Last week, I talked about making sense of budgeting. Last week, and I said that if you do anything, just do one action step from what you hear me say this day. Just do one thing. And that day, I talked about the idea of if you don't have a will, if you've never done a will, which 60% of Americans have never done a will yet, then take that action step and do that will. Do the will first before even setting a budget. Do the will. Well, during the week, I got a text from a mom from our Sandy campus, and she texted me a picture of this will. It was a picture of the will that her eight-year-old daughter wrote out <laughs> after hearing me say, if you don't do anything, do a will. And so I asked, could I use it? Could I read it? And the girl said, yes, but please change the names, which, hey, it's a legal document. I get it, you know? It's private, right? <laughs> but this is what she wrote in her will. My will, it says on top, and then parentheses, just in case. <laughs> when I die, I want to give all my money except the stuff in my treasure chest to the church. I want to give my treasure box and everything in it to Heidi, her older sister. And I want to give my bed to Emma, her younger sister. I want to give Mr. Huggles to Sarah, her friend, and give bubblegum bunny to Gracie, her friend. 
let Kimmy be the head of the GSOK. Must be some club they got going. She must be president or something. Give all my toys to Melissa and Ruthie to New Pathways, the church's homeless ministry. Signed with a heart, Allison. Eight years old, people. She already has her will done and handed over to her parents, just in case. And so what about us? One action step, right? One action step when it comes to the whole area of our finances. And so that was last week, making sense of budgeting. But this week, I want to talk to you about something even more exciting, making sense of debt. Can I get a woo-hoo, woo Oh, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. How about a boo? Yeah, right. You know, when it comes to our debt, it boo, boo, you know? Because in this whole area of finances, we struggle, if we're honest. We struggle, and we struggle with debt. So I have the, the blessing to actually live on the lake that this church is on. I mean, God just figured that thing out, I guess, or whatever. And Skokman Lake, which the church is on, is known for its bass fishing. It's largemouth bass. And so I just gave the secret away. And so I love to go out and fish for largemouth bass when I'm able to. And the best rig that I've learned that works well is a hook and then also just a fake rubber worm. There's a variety of rubber worms. There's worms that smell. There's worms different colors. This worm has a little tail that gives uh, a nice feature to it moving through the water, the lily pads. And what I love about largemouth bass fishing is that it's different than if I'm just off the end of my dock fishing for like sunnies or crappies or whatever. Sunnies and crappies, they'll come up and they'll nibble at your worm and that kind of stuff. And you pull it up and you're like, oh, geez, they took the whole thing or whatever, right? That kind of thing. They're satisfied with just nibbling and having a little bit. But largemouth bass, man, they come up and they open their mouth like that and they suck the whole worm right in. But then what happens? You know you got them and you set the hook. You set the hook. Boy, they would have been fine down here, just nibbling, just taking even half. But no, they suck it all in, and you got them hooked. You know, fishing for largemouth bass with this bait is really parallel to how we end up with debt, right? We're not just willing to go out and just nibble at stuff. And I'll nibble, and I'll take a little of that, and I'm satisfied, and that's good there. No, we're like largemouth bass when it comes to consuming stuff, and we go out and we just suck it all in, right? And what's the result? We get hooked on debt. We get hooked on incurring debt. And so this morning, I want to look at making sense of debt. And the first question we have to ask this morning is, what causes debt? Now, we could really simplify it and just walk out the door and go home. We could say, well, that's easy. We spend more than we make, so we have more Pepsi cans. We have debt, right? But we need to really look more at what causes debt in our life. Why is it we spend more than we make in our life. I think the first reason is, A, conflict. We are always 
in conflict. What do I mean by that? We're in conflict with what we need and what we want. What we need and what we want. So, for example, hey, I love fishing and that. I need a boat to fish. So you could probably buy a 14 to 16 foot Lund boat with a 24 horse on it, and it would be sufficient for the majority of lakes in Minnesota. But when you go and you go and put your boat in at the boat launch, you don't see that, do you? You see boats that are just decked out with all kinds of gear, right? And we've moved from, hey, this is what we need, something that floats, has a motor to get us from A to B, to, man, it has all the stuff and, and the sonars now and that that can tell us, you know, how deep the fish is, how big the fish is, what color the fish is, how old the fish is, you know, when the fish last ate, you know, how many inches it's away from the national record so that, hey, if I catch it, you know, or should I just bypass? Well, I mean, it just tells you everything, right, about that fish, and we move from our needs to our want, but actually, when we go into our want, oftentimes, it causes us to go past our earnings and get into debt. What causes debt? That conflict in us. But B, contentment causes debt. The lack of being content, okay? Being satisfied with what we have right now. We're gonna see it very soon here, in a couple weeks. We are going to gather and we're going to give God thanks for all that he has provided for us as we check our watch to get to the sale at 7 o'clock that night to buy all the things that, in reality, three weeks ago, we didn't even need. But now it's the holidays and great, and we need it, and so we buy it, right? Contentment. The Apostle Paul says in Philippians chapter 4, he says, I have learned to be content, whether with much or with little. Because what you need to realize is that people that have much, they're not content. People that have little, they're not content either. It doesn't matter at what scale you're at. We wrestle with being content. So what causes debt? Conflict, contentment, but C, Control, control. The last fruit of the Spirit that God placed in us with his Holy Spirit is self-control. And we struggle with control. And last week when we talked about budgeting, I said that 60% of Americans have never used a budget. So that means they have no control placed in their life. Proverbs 15.22 says, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. What does a budget do for us? A budget counsels us. A budget is our advisor. It says, hey, this is how much you bring in. This is what you spend. These are the items you spend it on. And it counsels us to how much we have to spend. And it cautions us from accruing debt. So what causes debt in our life? The conflict, need one. Contentment, control, we live without a budget. So we're clueless on what's happening with our finances. But D, conceit. I think if we're really honest, conceit causes debt. Because we want people to see us as valuable or we want people to view us as having arrived or we want people to covet us 
instead of us coveting them, right? How many of you driven past either someone's house, someone's boat, ATV, you know, rifle, dress, uh, hairdo, whatever it might be, and you're just like, man, I wish I was them, or I wish I had that. Ultimately, if we're honest, we want people to look at us and covet us for where we live, what we drive, how we look, you know, whatever it might be, right? Just look on Facebook, you know, hey, hey, just got this. Awesome. You're cool, man. That's awesome. You know, right? I mean, it's, if we're honest, I mean, I'm 57 years old. And I still wrestle with self-worth or self-image or that kind of stuff, or I want somebody to say something nice about me or whatever. And so when it comes to what causes debt, where are we at this morning? Is it the conflict of need-want? Is it being content? Is it, hey, no control because no budget? Is it conceit? You know, hey, I want people to look at me and like, oh, man, they have arrived, right? Or is it E? Confusion, confusion. You see, we have this false theology that once I get there, or you know, once we live in this kind of house, or once I drive that, or once I get this position, that I am going to be happy. Man, I'll, I'll, it's going to make me happy. It's going to make me secure, right? But it's a false theology. God never created stuff to bring us security or to bring us happiness or to provide us this steady joy. And so we have this confusion we live with that where I think, well, if I just have that, it will bring me happiness. But we already know it's not true. All we need to do is go home and allow our garage doors to go up or go to the back shed, right, or to our storage unit we have somewhere in this town or another town, and look at all that stuff and say, you know what? A lot of that I bought because I thought it was going to make me happy. And then there it sits. I walk by it daily. And storage sheds all over the place where people even forget, wow, what's in there? I don't even know, right? And so there's this confusion. And so this morning, maybe your action step is just admitting that one of those that I stated causes debt for you. Conflict, need, want, contentment, control, no budget, conceit. Hey, I want people to be looking at me. I've arrived. Or just confusion. I just keep thinking, oh, that will make me happy. But it never does. It's not lasting, right? 1 Timothy 6.10 says, for the love of money, and then I put in parentheses stuff, because really, why do we want money? So we can get stuff. You know, the love of money stuff is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money stuff have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with the many griefs. When do we get pierced? When we get the credit card bills. That's when we get pierced, right? That's when it gets tough. So we must understand that when debt reigns in our life, debt ruins our life. When debt reigns in our life, debt ruins our life. And so first off, what causes debt for you? But secondly, what is good debt and bad debt? Because in reality, the majority, if not all people, live in some level of debt. 
right? But what is bad debt versus good debt, okay? Bad debt is debt that if you're putting depreciates when you use your money. So bad debt would be if you're putting your lattes on your credit card every day, your latte depreciates in one hour. <laughs> it's gone, and then you need another one, right? If you're putting your gas or your food or, hey, you're going out to dinner and you're putting it on credit, that's bad debt. Why? Because it depreciates or it just dissolves. It's gone. You're not seeing anything for it except the credit card bill at the end of the month. That's bad debt. But what is good debt? So that's where I'm adding today the Diet Pepsi, because Diet Pepsi is at least a little better, they say, than regular Pepsi, right? Because it's diet, right? So uh, this represents good debt. What would good debt be to take on? Well, they say good debt would be that of maybe buying a house. So as you buy a house, I bought it 10 years ago, and it was what I paid here, but now it's worth this because it appreciates in value, right? So it's good debt. Or you say, hey, I'm going back to school because I'm going to get a degree or I'm going to get a master's degree in that. And it allows me to have more opportunities for different jobs and it puts me in a different pay scale. And so that would be good debt because you're going to get a return on the money you invested. So we need to look at our debt load and say, how much of our debt is due to bad debt? You know, it's interesting that uh, today, the average monthly payment on a new car is $525 a month. And so if you take that and you say, okay, well, what's it cost to insure a brand new car and then put tabs on it, you're roughly spending $700 a month to drive the new car. Now, depending on your finances, if you can do that, then that's your choice. But a lot of times they say that's not good debt. You know, buy something used. You know, so that's good debt, and go that way because of the depreciation. The moment you drive it off the lot, within the first month, it's worth 10% less. So you buy a $40,000 vehicle, it's now worth $36,000. After the first year, it's 20% depreciated, so you're down to $32,000. So that's when some people say, you know what, I don't like it anymore, or like, hey, I can't handle the payments, so I'm going to sell this thing. And in your mind, you're thinking, hey, it's still worth $40,000 right? But then you go to sell it and you realize, what? It's only worth $32,000? Well, I owe more than, you know, that on it, and so I'm stuck. So just the evaluation of bad debt to good debt when it comes to our overall finances, okay? So when it comes to making sense of finances, what causes debt for you? Do you have an understanding of what it looks like when it comes to accruing debt from good debt to bad debt. And then lastly, what cancels debt? Do you have a plan in order to cancel the debt in your life? Do you understand it? We read in Romans 13, 7 and 8, it says, give to everyone what you owe them, pay your taxes and government fees to those who collect them, and give respect and honor to those who are in authority. And so this is God's Desire, These are, this is God's command for us that, hey, we need to look at our debt and say, hey, when I take on debt, can I repay it of what I owe? And the best way to have a plan for that is, first of all, to be clear on what you owe. 
what you owe. Have you ever sat down and just said, hey, I'm going to look over all at my debt load and look at what I owe? And then secondly, to prioritize it. You know, prioritize your debt, write it out, and then they say, write it out from the least amount of debt to the biggest debt. So probably your mortgage would be the biggest debt, right? Least to the biggest. But then what we promote around here is from Dave Ramsey, which is Financial Peace University. We're going to have a course in uh, end of January starting. But he uses the rapid debt reduction plan. And so this is what that looks like. Basically, what you do is you take all your credit cards, which the average American has, you know, five plus credit cards that they have money on, and you put them down and you put them in order. You write them out in order, the least to the most. And so this individual has five credit cards, and that, and oftentimes we don't think Kohl's is a credit card, or guys, we don't think Cabela is a credit card. Oh, yeah, that's right, it's a credit card. You know, it's because you know, it's not Visa or MasterCard, right? It's a credit card, right? And so this person has 14000 in credit out there. They, make 400, they pay 430 in minimum payments, and by the time they make 292 payments, they're going to spend another 15000 in interest, so more than what they spent to buy it. So if they would just pay the minimum payment it would take them 292 months to pay it off. Why? What happens? When you pay the $48, next month they come back and they say, hey, congratulations, you only have to pay $46 this month. And you're like, oh, sweet. You know, and then the next month is 43 or whatever. All right? So that would take you 292 months. But if you go to scenario B in the rapid debt reduction, scenario B, same plan, $14,000, but you keep paying the minimum monthly payment from the get-go. So you pay $48 every month, regardless if they come back and say, hey, dude, you only have to pay 23 minimum now. Just do that. No, I'm going to pay the 48 every month. It takes you from 292 months to 65. That's amazing. You save over $10,000 in interest just by doing that simple action. If you go to scenario C, scenario C then allows you, if you have no new debt, can we go with scenario C up there? There we go. Scenario C up there. You make the same payment each month, 48, 75, 85. But once this visa is paid off, you take the 48 and you add it to this next payment, now the 75. And then once the 48 and 75 is done, you take both of those and you throw it at the 65, and that takes 45 months, from 292 to 65 to 45 months, and you save so much more money in paying interest. But my bigger picture here for you is that, do you have a plan, car loans or whatever? Reduction. And you can utilize this with car loans or whatever. You can say, hey, boy, that car's paid off. Let's take that same amount of money and let's just add it to the next car loan or whatever it might be and pay that down more and more. And so when it comes to making sense of our debt, which we just don't like to talk about, but God in his word gives us instruction, what causes debt for you? If you do anything, just pick one of those top pieces. Is it conflict between 
need and want? Is it the whole challenge of contentment? Is it the whole challenge of control? I have no budget. Conceited? Hey, I want people to recognize me. Or is it confusion? I just keep thinking it's going to give me the happiness I desire. And when it comes to making sense of your debt, do you know right now in your practices of incurring debt what debt is good and what debt is bad when it comes to your finances? And then do you have a plan? Do you have a plan? You know, this time of year, as you drive around and you go past all kinds of fields, you still see them out combining the fields. And right now, it's, I think, pretty much corn and, and maybe some beans yet. But they're out combining the fields. And when you stand next to a combine, there's, you're just like, man, this thing's huge. This thing's huge. But as I've been out driving past fields, going from here to there, and I see this combine in this thousand acre field, I'm just like, oh my goodness, that's overwhelming. I mean, how in the world are they ever going to take that field out? And what happens for a combine to harvest a whole field is that the combine basically just keeps going around in circles, going around in circles until the field is harvested, until it's done. It just does a little at a time. That's how it combines the field. Just goes down the road and comes back the road. Turns around, goes down the road, comes back the road. And so don't let debt plow you over, but plow debt under by having a consistent plan, by just consistently doing this debt reduction plan. In Zechariah 4.10, it says, do not despise small beginnings. I used this last week. Don't despise small beginnings. That combine starts here, and it comes down there. And after a while, this 1,000-acre field is harvested. And so I encourage you, when it comes to looking at your debt, to take some time to pause and make sense of it. And then I encourage you to take one action step from this morning and again, apply it and apply it. And I hope next week that I keep getting texts from you know, moms who have eight-year-old daughters that are listening, but I hope as well I get emails and texts from us adults that are applying as well because it is good for us and it brings us peace, right? When our finances are in control, we have peace and it's a beautiful thing, especially before we kick into these holidays where it can get out of hand. And so let's pray. Father God, you have given us good counsel from your word. Why? Because you know that debt overloads us that where debt reigns, debt ruins. And so, Lord, we thank you and we praise you for your goodness. And we thank you that your word is sufficient and that it gives us good counsel. And so I pray that you would bless each one here, that you would give them favor in their finances, that you would give them wisdom, and that they would take one action today towards their finances. 
and apply it. And so I pray your blessings over each one in your holy name. Amen.